Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Is Stephen Curry playing the best basketball of his career? Are the San Francisco 49ers poised for a second-half surge to the postseason and beyond? And is Aaron's judge really coming to the Bay Area? I don't know, but we're going to try and figure this out over the next four hours. Evan Giddings along with Shamari Block here on 95.7 The Game. Shamari, what is going on, my man? What's going on with you, man? Here's what's going on, okay? The Warriors have Steph Curry, and everybody else doesn't, and that's the only thing that matters. That is all that matters. Everything else, everybody's worried that, that I'm worried about. Clay Thompson and and this and that and the bitch guys. It's the answer to your problems. The cure for your ails is one Stephen Curry, man. If you got Steph, you got nothing to worry about. Well, it was 40 for 30 last night. Ooh. A second Ooh. straight 40 burger for the chef. 18 fourth quarter points. Shamar, he scored 10 points. In the final minute 18 of the game to carry the Warriors to a 106-101 victory at Chase Center over the Cleveland Cavaliers. A team, mind you, that was 8-3 coming in. Perhaps the biggest test yet thus far for the Warriors. And although we want to start with Curry, because he was absolutely at the forefront. 15 of 23, 6-11 from downtown. Did miss a couple of free throws. Hate to throw that in there. (laughs) But the Warriors got their biggest one of the season, Shamari, in my estimation. And one that was much needed after, you know kind of surviving Sacramento, Curry dragging them to a win in that game, and I think also with 18 in the fourth quarter, dragging them to a win against Cleveland. I mean, this is game 12. I, before you say a big win, I, I would say that it's the most impressive win that they've had so far. I don't know how much this means to the grand scheme of the season. We've Because you see the most important thing. You see the most important thing, and you saw the most important thing to me in the Sacramento game, is that if he has to, Steph Curry goes into cheat code mode and takes over a game like no one in the NBA can right now. Like LeBron James, you, you throw in uh, the KD, uh, who Mitchell, um, nobody, nobody takes over a game the way Steph Curry does right now, and he's playing the best basketball of his career. Evan, Evan, wait, he's playing the best basketball of just about anybody. Ever since Jordan, so far as I'm concerned. Wow. But no, I, I know that's a hot take. Wow. But, but, but think about but think <laughs> you, about you it. said the biggest one of the season was a hot take. Wait, well, no, but this is the thing, though, is, is, is that you can't stop him. 
And that's the thing. LeBron James was unstoppable at one point. He's not unstoppable now. Steph Curry is un- – how do you stop – what would you, you – are a, you're, a, you're a defensive coach and an opposing team. You name the team. Now, you can shut down all those other jokers. You're not shutting down Steph Curry, and he's hit to the po- – he's hit the point where he's like, okay, I'm just going to go down and shoot every time. Like, I'm just going to take over the game. I've never seen this out of him before. I've always always knew he was capable of it. I really did. I'm not, I'm, I'm not late to the party. I always knew he was capable of it. And he never did because he was unselfish and all this kind of stuff. But he understands what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is him taking over. We're going to talk about the Warriors' rotation, or perhaps lack thereof, last night over the last couple of games. We're going to talk about how Steve Kerr may or may not have this young core, uh, as Shamari is going to put it later, developing to the point where we want them to see them. We're going to get into Clay Thompson. We're going to talk about Jordan Poole taking your calls, 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Xfinity Mobile text line. But Shamari, right now, Stephen Curry, as as you said, through 11 games, he's shooting 53%. 44 from three. He's averaging 33.3 points. That is just below Luka Doncic for the best scoring per game in the NBA. Right now, there's there's an, an air of inevitability like around Stephen Curry. And I don't want to say it wasn't there before, but he mentioned it in his postgame presser last night where you know he's kind of just carried that confidence from the playoffs last year, from his fourth title from a Game 4 performance that's going to go down in history as one of the best in the finals of all time, it just seems like there's more of a switch to him now than even there was back in the 2016 season when he was the unanimous MVP. Well, And and that's my point is, is that when he was the unanimous MVP, he was playing outstanding basketball, obviously, but he was a cog in a really awesome machine. He was, the, he was probably the biggest, most spectacular cog in that machine, but he was a cog. He's the engine and the transmission and the tires <laughs> and the supercharger right now. He He's the car and the everyone's offensive. just in the back seat. More or less, yes. Yeah. Our people, everybody's contributing. Draymond, he had 11 assists, and he was facilitating doing what Draymond Green does. He contributed on defense. But if you replace, let's just say you replace Steph Curry, you swap Mitchell and you swap Curry, right, on, in last night. Then the, the Cavaliers win that game. <laughs> Mitchell Donovan Mitchell hasn't hit that point. He he's put up twenty nine. And he he did a big he did big things right. But Steph Curry is on a whole nother level. And I'll, how many times, how many players in your lifetime will you say, at will could put a team on their back and get a win? There's been a lot of great players in the NBA, a lot of them. And Kobe, you can put in that category. You could put LeBron in that category. You could put you can put. Obviously, Jordan in that category. I would throw in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I wouldn't throw KD into that. Now, KD can go out and score his 50 points anytime he wants to. But KD, I don't know that he's ever been the, all right, everybody on my back, I'm going to will you to this. So Steph Curry, is he's entered rarefied air with the dominance, not just in, oh, I'm going to score 45, because you can score 45 and 50 and whatever and lose. When he goes out there and does it, his team wins, and he makes the plays down the stretch that make a difference in the outcome. To me, Stephen Curry was not the most interesting part of last night's game, but he was certainly 
the prettiest. I mean, <laughs> he was he was unbelievable. And now he's done it in back-to-back games. That's something that only Michael Jordan has done at age 34 above scoring 40 points in back-to-back games. He did at age 39, actually, which is pretty impressive his last year in Washington. But that's that's the rarefied era, as you said, that Stephen Curry is in right now. And I, I forget where I read this, but Stephen Curry, he's like, he's like a sunset in the sense that, you know, you see it all the time. It's there every single day, mm-hmm. and yet there's a distinct, unique sort of beauty to it each time it sets. Like it, it's, exa- you know exactly what you're gonna get. You just don't know how it's gonna look. And Stephen Curry set the sun on the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. He was dawn. He was dusk. He was unbelievable. But Shamari, he is not the only part of this game. He simply dragged the team to a win and kind of maybe put a paintbrush over a lot of the issues that still surround this, at the end of the day, 5-7 and seven Warriors team that is still outside of the top eight in the Western Conference, that still has a back-to-back coming up with Sacramento on Sunday as well as San Antonio on Monday. Those are winnable games. That's a chance to get you back to 500. But let's not forget that even with all the greatness that Stephen Curry you know, composes and brings to the court on a night-in-night-out basis, especially at the beginning of this season, there's still a lot going on in Golden State that we got to talk about. I, Where do you want to start? I, I, we can talk. See, that's the thing, though, is for every negative, there's a positive, right? You you go about Clay three three for thirteen last night. Clay Thompson did not play good basketball last night, except for in the last two minutes where he, he hit a, cl- a clutch three. I'm Evan. Evan, listen to me. When he when he took that shot, I'm like, no, boom, it goes in. They go up by a point. Then he then he he puts the defense on on Mitchell. That that I don't know that I don't know you could have played better defense against a guy like that because I just about two minutes before that I saw Mitchell shake Clay out of his gym shorts. Okay, but this time Clay stays in front of him. He stays all over him. Gets his hands up. Mitchell misses that contributed, and then one of the last plays of the game, Clay makes an interception on a. It was a. It was so beautiful because he came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere and just boom, balls in his hands. It looked so easy. So you talk about Clay Thompson and how awful he was last night. When it mattered most, he played at a high level, right? And everything else that's wrong, it's it, it's it's difficult to really get down because at the end of the day. You got your sunset, man. You got your sunrise. You got your Alpha Omega Steph Curry. Uh, okay, there, there is there is a lot to not like about what happened last night with, oh, absolutely. with the Warriors, especially no, a, no, Clay Thompson. The, absolutely. No, I mean, the, the, the facts are the facts. He shot 3 of 13 from the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one three that you're talking about came in, in the fourth quarter, which was important. It drew them within one, 95-94. But, he, I mean, he, he was able to keep Donovan Mitchell in front of him, uh, I guess, it, when it mattered. He also got blown by earlier on that quarter. He also hasn't been able to stay in front of anyone. Not a lot of people <laughs> yeah. on the court. Like I, I don't want to spend the first segment coming out Clay Thompson's road, but since you brought him up, there there is certainly a discussion right now with how he's playing because it's not uncommon for Clay to start seasons poorly. He has shot generally in the month of October about four or five points below what he has averaged for the remainder of his career. Throughout the rest of the months in his seasons across his career, Clay Thompson has never shot below 40% from three-point range. Right now, he's closer to 30 than he is 40, Shamari. 
and he's not giving you the two-way defense that he was giving you, even, I would argue, last year in the finals. Something right now with Klay Thompson is amiss, but he's got to be out there on the court because, like you said, he's Klay Thompson. You don't know (laughs) when he's going to break out of this funk. We don't know if he's ever going to, you know, he's not going to shoot 30% for the rest of the season, but you don't know if he's going to be able to provide the night in and night out excitement that he once did. I'm not, I don't believe he'll ever be the same player again, but, but I think people are starting to wonder if, if he can even give you on a week to week basis, two games in a row, three games in a row where he can kind of remind you, all right, this like game six clay is still in there somewhere. We just got to extract it because so far this season, it hasn't happened. Well, but clay doesn't need to be clay of yesteryear. You got Andrew Wiggins there, and if you think about what Andrew Wiggins is now, that's what Clay Thompson was in the past. So Andrew Wiggins now fulfills the Clay role, and Clay is kicked down a little bit to the third third offensive option, the second or third defensive stopper, and it's okay. He's okay in that role. A lot of people say, "Oh, what's Clay Thompson? Oh, he's making the max, and he's this, and he's that. It's, it's, it's okay." He doesn't have to be a Clay. Andrew Wiggins is the new Clay. He's he's a different version of Clay. But when you need someone to play deep lockdown defense on the best player, that's going to be Wiggins most of the time in terms of on the ball. Obviously, Draymond Green is the the linebacker of the defense. When you need somebody to take a shot, that that's that's probably going to be Wiggins after Curry, obviously. And Clay Thompson, they can afford to let Clay Thompson figure it out. Can they? They can, they can. Either they're five and seven, but they won two in a row. They won two in a row. Which By means the way, that they were once three and seven. Yeah, but but no, listen. The Sacramento Kings, no pushover. Okay, the 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 the, the Cavaliers, they were eight and four. Kings, no pushover this season. They got boys over there that do things, and they've got some big wins so far this season. They're so, five and six. Huh? They're they're five and six. They have also won the last two games though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just saying they got some boys over there that, that that do things. So when you're talking about when you talk about Clay Thompson and what he needs to be, if you throw out the salary and you throw out history and you just look at Clay Thompson as uh, the third best player, offensive player on your team, and maybe even fourth because maybe Jordan Poole has surpassed him, he fits that role. It's only when you're low. We need this out of Clay. Clay has given us he's given us an Achilles. He's given us an ACL. He's delivered three championships. He's played lockdown defense many, many times against James Harden and LeBron James, and you name it, okay? Clay has contributed. I'm not mad at his role and his and, and the burden on his shoulders being lightened, and I think that once he realizes that, okay, well, I don't have to be Clay of yesteryear, and he settles into this new role that he's in, I think he'll be fine. I think the issue is, is that in his mind, he's like, well, I got to be old Clay. And, and no, you don't, man. Be now Clay, and we... we Dub Nation will love Klay Thompson forever. Klay can go oh for everything for the next seven games, man. And while there will be people like, I don't know if he should be in the starting lineup, nobody is going to be mad at Klay Thompson. See, I don't know about that. I I don't know if... Look, people will love Klay forever for what he contributed from the moment he was drafted in 2011 until, unfortunately, the ACL injury that he sustained in the 2019 finals. People will love him for what he gave the Warriors, which is a heavy, I would say almost nearly as important as anyone on that team contribution to the three championships. But I'm just comparing him to last season, Shamari, Mm -hmm. like after his two catastrophic injuries. 
I don't think he's trying to get back to where he was before the injuries. I think he's trying to get back to where he was last season. And right now, there is a precipitous fall. There is a massive, a chasm of a drop-off. Granted, it's 10 games that he's played. I know he missed the back-to-back on the road trip against the Pelicans. He's played 10 games. There is a chasm right now between where he was last season and where he currently is. But when you watch him play, don't you feel like he's forcing it a lot? Like I see him take yes, some that, ill advised shots. Yeah, that's part of the issue. Yeah, yeah, but that's what like, I'm saying. But that's, but that's what he does. Like that, that nature in him is never going to change. Clay Thompson, for as much as I respect him being a guy that is going to shoot his way out of any issue, also can then shoot you out of games. Yes, and I, I don't remember. Not that Clay was ever scared. He was never scared, right? He was never scared of taking a shot. But I see him doing fadeaway, falling back shots and falling off to the side shots that I just don't remember those shots being in his bag previously, or I don't remember him taking them on the regular. He was always good for the turnaround jump shot, right? That was a shot that he took on a regular basis. But I feel like he's a lot of the things. Do you, do you remember? How often do you remember Clay Thompson pre injury? Falling back, fade away, Dirk Nowitzki jumpers. I don't remember that being a regular thing. I don't remember falling off to the side shots. And, and, and that's my thing is that he's – it's almost like he's he added stuff into his bag, his bag of tricks, but it's not quite working. If he gets back to just doing the basic, I'm Clay Thompson, this is the stuff that works, I think he'll be fine. I think that the only thing is that he's pressing, and I think that he's pressing A – because now he's like, well, KD's gone or whatever. I have to be that that second score, and you don't, man. Wiggins is that guy. Wiggins is shooting almost forty percent from three. Wiggins is it can score at every level, and he's taking over that role. And if Clay just settles in, he said, you know what? When they need me, like Clay needs to essentially become a, a slightly more athletic Kyle Korver. Okay, if Clay is that, which he's total cap- totally capable of doing. I think he's the perfect weapon to complement Wiggins and Steph as the primary scores. Well, so then you're just asking him to be a spot up shooter. Yes, yes. But but that's but but, but an outstanding spot up shooter. Okay, but but all right. That, that's what I'm saying is right now he's not an outstanding spot up shooter. He has been. He has given you last year. He helped with it with a championship team. He said he contributed to that team. I agree with him. Oh, absolutely. I think he was the best version of himself since the injury in those NBA Finals. That's not the same guy right now, and he needs to find a way to get back to that point. My only fear is that, along with what the rest of the team is doing outside of Stephen Curry, there are going to be some issues that present themselves to the Warriors that will not allow them to win 55 games or close. They won 53 last year. They started 18-2 and last season, and then they played 35-win ball the rest of the way. Like that that's that's good. That's not bad, but that's not going to get you home court advantage in a playoff series. Maybe the argument is they don't need it. All they got to do is get into the dance and then maybe they can make a run. To me, last year was such a a, a perfect balance of all right, Steph missed some time during the regular season. That certainly was was a reason why they weren't as good after 18 and 2. Draymond missed some time as well. Clay of course missed the first, you know, 45, 50-ish games of the season, and then he came on at the end. But all three of those big guys, along with Wiggins, who was there the entire time, Poole, who was there the entire time, they all coincided at the end. They all came together and basically found it in the playoffs. That's the hope that they can do it again this year. Like, like right now, I'm not seeing it from Klay Thompson, anything anything beyond hope. 
that he can get back to where he was last year. And right now, each game that he goes out and shoots 3-for-13, that he shoots 2-of-7 from 3 like he did last night against Cleveland, anytime he goes out and takes those one-legged fadeaways, anytime he forces <laughs> those, a those shot... Those are the worst, by the way. My, my, my hope diminishes just a fraction. And I'm just worried that by game 70, we'll see some growth from Clay, but it's not going to be enough to warrant me believing that this team can all of a sudden flip the switch the way that Stephen Curry has clearly flipped the switch <laughs> each of the last two fourth quarters. See, but Ev, this is all I'm saying, though, is, is that, let, let, okay, Stephen Curry, obviously the most important player on this team, okay? Who's the second and third? I don't care whether you say Draymond's third or second and Wiggins is second and Draymond's third, but those are the next two most important people to winning, right? That makes Clay fourth at best. And no team is defined by their fourth best player. It's just, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, Clay's, if you have to go through a stretch where you're only allowing Clay Thompson by design, honestly, 10 shots a game. And those shots are going more like to pool, like maybe a few more shots by pool, a few more shots by Wigan, a few more shots by Steph, right? That's okay. The only thing, the only it only becomes an issue if Clay Thompson internalizes it and starts feeling some kind of way about it. So you can mute Clay's deficiencies offensively that he's experiencing as he's experiencing them. And then when he comes back on, okay, well, all right, let's 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 Clay go out and do his thing. After a night like tonight, three for 13. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't take 13 shots the next game. <laughs> maybe if he goes one for five in the first five shots, maybe he only gets another three or four shots. And you can mute a guy like Klay Thompson. But having him on the court, A, it's good for Steph Curry because there is a familiarity that, that allows Steph to succeed. It He works with – listen, Steve Kerr said it all week. He was on this. He was on Damon and Rattle earlier this week. And he said, hey, that starting lineup is the highest net <laughs> – Point net point starting lineup in in all the basketball. So making any changes to it, it's a bad idea. So it's as ineffective as Clay is, he makes the overall starting unit the best in basketball still. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a part of, yes, the best starting five, but Shamari, okay, so 13 shots last night, that's below his average. So you're saying, okay, well, maybe if he doesn't have it going, he's not going to keep shooting? He no, will. he's going to. No, 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 that, no, he will. Yeah. And... I'm not saying that, look, Klay Thompson this, this season has had really one, maybe two quality games from, from three-point range. He went 7 of 15 against Orlando in the one-point loss. He went 4 of 10 against Denver in the five-point loss in game two of the season. Like my, 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 my fear is not that Klay can't have a stretch like he did, as you mentioned off the top of the show, in the fourth quarter where he can stay in front of Mitchell, where he can hit a three that can help you. My fear is that there's going to be one of... He scored 27 points against Orlando, made seven threes. My fear is that there's going to be one of those games every 10, as opposed to where it used to be, even last year, one of those games every four, every five. And so if you're if you're looking at, all right, how we're going to... Maybe use our fourth best option. Well, right now your fourth best your fourth best option fourth best option, my lord, <laughs> is taking the second most shots on the team, and that is problematic. And that's where Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and people that a he plays with, he trusts, and that he has a good relationship might still need to step in and say, "Hey, Clay, look, come over here, step over here for a second, partner. Let me tell you something. Just you know, I'm gonna pass you the ball. I'm gonna pass you the ball." 
but you don't have to shoot it. You can, you know, pass it to someone else if you're not feeling it. But it's we've okay. already established that that's who he is, and I don't, I don't fault him for that. That's gotten him to where he is. That 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 has gotten him to his path on a, on the way to the Hall of Fame, most likely. Like Clay Thompson is going to go down as one of, if not the, you know, one of the two greatest shooters of all time. He, that that he is, is who he is. Yeah, and and at some point. That is going to manifest because he didn't listen. You can say that Clay Thompson lost his ability to move his feet and stay in front of guys and whatever and play on ball defense. And maybe even he was never a slasher to the basket like that anyway, okay? But you can say that he lost some quickness, athleticism, things like that. Shooters like that shoot until they're 50 years old, okay? I guarantee you, I guarantee you Steve Kerr could go <laughs> go nine for 10. Like, if he can get open shots, I guarantee you Steve Kerr could still knock him down in the NBA game. Clay is in a slump. It's a 12-game sample size, and I'll tell you this much. How many hmm, – there was 82 games. 82 games. I can think of two different 12-game stretches last season where the Warriors – played worse than what they played in these first 12 games, including Klay Thompson. Remember when he came back, everything was all out of whack for about, I'd say about a month. Just integrating him back into the lineup took a team that had been killing it and had the best record and dropped them down to the third seed. That game, that, that team had also won a game on the road, which these team, this team currently has not. Like They're 5-1 and one at home. They played well at Chase Center. But I'm, I'm worried if, if they go on the road. Like, you're saying Sacramento's a quality team, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay, so they're 5-6. and six. They pushed the Warriors to the brink on Monday at home. That means, like, every single game, and I know that the, the schedule might soften a bit for the Warriors looking ahead, but every single, like, you can't, you can't take games off. And we're going to get into why you can't take games off and why Steve Kerr is telling you with the way he's using his rotations why they cannot take games off. But Sacramento, San Antonio, those are winnable games. And you go to Phoenix, a place you got blown out earlier in the year. New York at home is winnable. Houston's winnable. New Orleans potentially on the road is a tough game. Like There are winnable games on the Warriors' schedule coming up that are going to allow them to hopefully get back to 500. But they've lost winnable games. That that whole East Coast road trip was basically all winnable games, and they went 0-5, right? So That's my point. Yeah. They lost a game in Orlando when Curry had 39 points where Klay Thompson had 27, where the Splash Brothers made 15 of 33s. They lost that game to, at the time, the worst team in basketball. There are concerns to be had with this team, even though last night was, as we put it up the top of the show, their best win thus far. We're going to talk about the rest of that, Jordan Poole. We'll talk a little bit about Klay Thompson, maybe what he can do, as well as how the Warriors can potentially help him, why some of the rotations have been a bit perplexing as of late, and maybe why some of the development hasn't come along as fast thus far for the Golden State Warriors. We're taking your phone calls and text messages, Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. We're back after this. You're listening to Shamari Block and Evan Giddings right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mitchell coming left off a pick. Goes baseline. Fade away over Wiggins. Very tough. Air ball. As Wiggins made him think twice, here comes Poole the other way with a rebound. Off a screen by Lamb. Poole from 25. Got it! Jordan Poole looking a little more like Jordan right there. Now back to 95-7, the game. That's Tim Roy on the call for the Warriors who took down the Cavaliers last night at Chase Center. 106-103. A chance on Sunday. Now Shamari for a win streak for the Golden State Warriors. But who you heard in that highlight, Jordan Poole, was someone that I think a lot of fans have been um, maybe wanting some more from this season, specifically because he's been not relegated, but he's been basically handcrafted this season for that sixth-man role. That was the understanding when he signed his big contract extension before the season, before all the stuff went down with Draymond. He was going to be the sixth man, and so far... I think he's he's been a bit up and down. He's been a lot like a 23-year-old player trying to find his stride in his third and fourth season and coming off of a championship in which he really, I, I think, put a lot of people on notice as to how gifted of a scorer he was, particularly in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Last night, I, I saw a different pool and one that looked a little more like last season than this season so far. Again, it's only been 11 games for these guys. But for Jordan Poole, uh, now playing in you know his 12th game last night, he had the benefit of playing alongside another guy who could handle the ball. And that was Dante DiVincenzo, along with Stephen Curry. But even though you know, 6 for 13 might not look incredible, 4 for 8 certainly is encouraging from the three-point line. Jordan Poole seemed to me to be more decisive last night, Shamari. That's the Jordan Poole that I want to see. Yeah, but in... In order to get that Jordan Poole, he you need to be able to take the ball out of his hands sometimes. Everyone was complaining, oh my God, he's dribbling the ball too much. It's, who was he going to give it up to? <laughs> who? Moses Moody? Was, was, he, he was he gonna give night. it up to Kaminga? He, he played huh? four minutes. Huh? I'm just saying Moses Moody didn't play last night. Well, no, that, but that's my point though, is, is that in the previous games, everyone was complaining about him dribbling too much. And the options to stop dribbling meant giving the ball to Moses Moody or Jonathan Kaminga. Dante DiVincenzo is a ball handler. 
He is a passer. He is a playmaker. And when you put him with another person that can handle the ball, that frees him up to do his best Steph Curry impersonation, right? And and that's kind of what he does. He's in a lot of ways, he is a baby Steph. And baby, baby Steph. Oh, he's still, you know, he's still wobbly when he's walking on his Steph legs. He's still he's not there all the way. So you need to have a DiVincenzo. You need him on the court with a Draymond Green. There's a reason that when he went to the bench last season, his scoring and all of his effectiveness dipped. Because he's not there yet. Steph Curry is there. Steph Curry is give me the ball. I'm going to make the right decisions. I I got this. Jordan Poole is give me the ball, but I might need somebody to give me a hand out here. Can somebody give me a hand? Oh, 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 it's Jermichael Green. Okay, I think I'll just continue dribbling. Dante DiVincenzo gives him that other person, uh, uh, the Draymond Green, if you will, of that second unit that he can give the ball up to and know something stupid isn't going to happen. Well, there was a tighter rotation last night, but look, I mean, he was passing the ball to Anthony Lamb, played 24 minutes. That was a guy that I don't think many of us expected before the beginning of the season to see a two-way guy getting big minutes, especially in the second half against a Cleveland Cavaliers team that was 8-3 and three coming in. Steve Kerr went to basically an eight-man rotation last night in the second half. Jonathan Kaminga played four first-half minutes, and the, the, the young guys I do want to get into in a little bit, but you know, to kind of... Hone in on on pool for me. Look, he played 34. I think Kerr, along with the coaching staff, decided to play him more in in kind of elongated runs. Like he played from about you know, seven minutes in the first half to about five in the second quarter. Uh, five in the first quarter of the second quarter. In the second half, he brought him in around the eight minute mark, left at the six minute mark of the fourth quarter. He played in longer stretches, more akin to that of a starter. So even though he's coming off the bench, to your point. He's playing maybe more starter-esque minutes. He's getting more minutes with Draymond, who had 13 assists and zero turnovers last mm-hmm. night. He played more minutes with Dante DiVincenzo, who only took one shot, but he's playing more alongside Stephen Curry, who obviously takes a lot of the load off of Jordan Poole. But 18 points is nothing to snuff at. And to me, even though it wasn't maybe the big breakout game that everyone was expecting, to me it was a sign that he is he is trying to play a little more aggressive with less hesitation because like th- there's a play his first basket of the game it was in transition he called for the rock and where he had a lane to the cup instead of sort of settling which I feel like he did the first 10 games of the year trying to move the ball around trying to distribute to, to the Moody's to the Kamingas to the Wiseman's like you're talking about sort of the young guys who he's trying to get involved in the game he just took it right to the rack you're stepped around Kevin Love and made a soft left-hand layup Ooh, that's that the Jordan too. Poole that we saw a lot last season that's the guy that I hope that we can get a lot more moving forward because they'll need him to take the scoring pressure probably off the Steph. I'm assuming he's not going to average 40 points for the rest of the season. Steph is going to give you a lot offensively, but if Clay struggles like he did last night, if if Wiggins, he, he'll, he'll probably be consistent 15 to 20 points a game. If Jordan Poole is going to be relied on to be that primary consistent third scoring option for the Warriors, I want to see more of what I saw last night than what I saw in the previous 11. Well, see, but everybody is pegging Jordan Poole as the sixth man he started 50-something games. He was a starter way more than he came off of the bench. And the, he's going to be the most effective when he's on the court with better players. That's just that's just it. Jordan Poole's not the kind of guy, at least not at this point in his career, that's going to elevate everyone around him. He needs to be on the court with Draymond. He needs to be on the court with DiVincenzo. It can't all be on his shoulders. And when you saw last night when they did that, 
he's effective. In the other games, like, hey, Jordan, run, run the second unit and pass the ball to, you know, freaking Ty Jerome and and, uh, and Moses Moody. He's not as effective. And, and part of it has to do with the with those other guys I named. Not Ty Jerome, but, you know, yeah. Moody, Kaminga, et cetera. And the other part of it has to do with Jordan Poole is everybody, well, he got this big contract. It's, he got 40 million, a little under. No, he got like just over 30, right? Jordan a year? Poole? Yeah, about about $30 million. He got on 30. Average. Listen, that's what a that's what a backup, a good backup guard kind of costs in modern NBA money. I know it's insane to think about, but he got a little bit more than Tyler Hero. Yeah. Tyler Hero. I'm taking him over Tyler Hero every day of the week, even given what we've seen this so far. So Jordan Poole is exactly who he should be, who he needs to be. And the the flaw in his game was the situations he was being put in, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And I'm curious what Mike from SF thinks as we want to open up the phone lines, 888-957-9570. What do you think is is going on with the Warriors bench, the rotations, them, them being tightened? What did you think of Stephen Curry last night? What did you think of Klay Thompson last night? We want to hear from you on, from now until about 5 o'clock. But Mike from SF is up on 95.7 The Game. Mike, what's going on? You're on with Evan and Shamari. Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, Curry's playing at a all-world level. And uh, the biggest concern is, along with him with the starters, is the biggest disappointment so far for this season has been the bench. I don't think it has anything to do with it. All the idiocy about the, the Draymond punch. It's Wiseman and, and primarily Wiseman. Kaminga Moody has been at least serviceable. Those two guys are been complete busts, man. And especially Wiseman. We were counting on him. We thought, all right, finally he's healthy. He's good to go. He's been in the system for the last couple of years. Even though he was rehabbing, he's been in the rotation and played. And I don't know what's going on with that guy. I hope it's not a case of we missed on a number two pick and we have to move off of him. But as of right now, you got to say him and Kaminga really disappointing. He looked like he was going to be that it guy with that that new wave of young guys along with Poole and and Moody, and he's nowhere to be found. And I think that those two guys being setting back the bench unit, having you know making the Warriors bench probably the worst unit in the league as of right now, is really putting a lot of pressure on the starters. And and Jordan Poole has really got to be that guy. He's really been the only impactful guy. Moody occasionally. But Jordan Poole, if he's off, then the Warriors really got nothing unless Curry has to go Superman like last night and he's been doing all season to save him. So uh, I don't know if it's a fact of uh, Curry having to tighten up the rotation like he did last night where it's looking like guys like Lamb is being productive and, and basically him and Jordan Poole really got to uh, lead that second unit there, guys. But uh, I got to say, those are, that's the biggest factor right now, setback. And I don't know if they're going to have to make a move to tighten up that bench there but uh, going forward, guys, what are your thoughts on that? Because uh, Curry, we can't wear him out, man, and play at this level. We know he right now is playing the best ball even at this level. But still, uh, wearing these starters out going to the playoffs, they're not going to keep, keep this pace, and they're eventually going to tire out. And, uh, you know, you're not going to repeat with the way things are going right now. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it, Mike. I, I, I'm with him to an extent. I, I think that, look, I mean, Stephen Curry playing – the most minutes per game since he was age 25 from what I'm looking at right now on average. That 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 is something to, to certainly keep an eye on. But then again, that's also why he's physically prepared himself for these types of situations. That's why he went out and put on muscle coming into last season. That's why he is, I mean, clearly off to a 
way better start than he was to begin last year. He's shooting significantly better from the floor. Um, I know last year he only played 64 games. If he plays 65 games this year, I, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with that. For the Warriors, it is all about Tamish Shamari, and I, I'd love to know what you think. It's about aligning the everyone on the right track so that you peak at the right time, which is exactly what they did last year. I know that's why a lot of people didn't feel like they could win the championship from a national perspective last year was because I don't think there was enough throughout the regular season for people to see. Curry was out at different times, and Draymond was out at different times. Clay missed time at the beginning of the season. Poole wasn't the same player at the beginning of the year that he was in the playoffs. They all peaked. Even Wiggins was at his best in the NBA Finals. It's about sort of staggering the regular season to make sure that you are playing your best basketball at the end of 82, because clearly right now they're not playing their best ball. I think we both agree. Well, they're not playing their best ball, but I don't know that they are. they're trying to necessarily. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out these rotations. They're trying to figure out how to get the most out of Wiseman and Kaminga and Moody. And, and I imagine at some point, maybe not all three of those guys, one of those guys will be a key contributor come playoff time. I don't know who it's going to be. They've got a long way to go. And and that's a whole other story on why like these guys are, for lack of a better term, they're incompetent. They're inept. They have all this athleticism. They have all of this size and, and length and whatnot. And the fact that they can't play better than a Ty Jerome or Anthony Lamb, something's wrong with that. We've been repeatedly told that it's not a work ethic thing, that all these young guys are out there working their tails off, just like they're supposed to. So the fact that something's going on there, that's a whole other thing that we're going to get into. But here's, here's what the Warriors need to do. They need to stay healthy. Number one thing, stay healthy. Number two thing, well, okay, number one thing is make the playoffs, right? So, so you don't need to be the yeah. number one seed. Just get in the dance. Number two, make it there healthy. And then <laughs> who, who's going to stop them? Steph Curry is literally unstoppable. There is nothing that anybody in an NBA, D, I mean, short of, you know, playing dirty, there's nothing anybody is going to do that's going to slow Steph Curry down and stop him. Then you got Wiggins as the number two option to score. You got Poole who can put up points. Whatever you get from Clay. I don't think they're worried about being the number two seed or whatever. Now, don't get it twisted. They don't want to stay in 10th place or 11th or 12th or wherever the hell they are now, but I don't think they're worried about it. I think they're more worried about, and that's how you get what you got last season, is that the, if you're the Warriors, especially given your pedigree, the regular season is an 82-game preseason where you're trying to figure out how things work. So when the real season, the postseason begins, if you're a contender like they are, then you're ramping up. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Now, I am going to be worried, like my man Mike was saying, what's up with Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody? And why Why are they why, – why can't they play? Why, it, and, and listen, it's only one of three things. Number one, they're not putting in the work. Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, everybody has made it a point to let you know these young guys are working hard. Two, they're not being coached up. Or three, they lack the mental capacity, capability to pick up what's being done, which those other two options, it's either on the scouting or it's on the people developing them. They brought in Jokic's coach to work with Wiseman exclusively. And still, this dude looks like he's lost on defense. Sometimes in a simple pick-and-roll situation, 
He, I was like, where is he? Have you ever? Have, how many times have you seen this this season? It's a pick and roll with Wiseman and with Steph or somebody, and you're like, well, where is he going? <laughs> where too is many, he too going? many times. Too many yeah, times. Right? Yeah. Why is it a Ty Jerome and an Anthony Lamb come in here on a two-way contract and produce? And Wiseman, who's in year three, and I know, I know he's only played 40-something games, but he's been around a championship team for over two seasons. Why hasn't he learned things? Why is Jonathan Kaminga, who actually got significant playing time, why hasn't he learned? And I'm not talking about being a, a basketball IQ genius, just competency, just NBA level, NBA level competency out of a standard NBA level player. Those dudes lack that. And something is wrong and somebody messed up somewhere. Yeah, but but like we were talking about before the show, just because you're a C student and you study 10 times harder than an A student, that doesn't mean you're going to get a better grade. But, like, if, but if you have the athleticism of a Wiseman or a Kaminga, then C's should get the job done. And and I I bet I bet in practice one on one Kaminga taking on Ty, yeah Ty, he's taking Ty Jerome to the rack ten out of ten times, mm-hmm. but in an NBA game with four other players on the floor against the five on the other side right now there's some sort of disconnect and I'm with you there is an issue with that there's something that needs it's to a be huge addressed issue yeah but right now I I don't know if that's going to change significantly from now until the end of the season. It seems to me like these guys, these young guys, and and apparently Moody is in that group because he didn't play last night, DMP coach's decision. Apparently, these guys are... They're looking at him as, all right, maybe we'll have him ready for, for 2024, for 2025, because with with how much they're playing right now, and I, I, I do... Th- I mean, look, they need to play, but from what we saw the first... Few games of the season, Shamari. You're looking at a team that's more going to be like three and seven with those guys playing heavy minutes off the bench than a team that's going to be seven and three. And I'm I'm with you to your first point. The most important thing is that you're healthy going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But you also need to have enough wins to get in the playoffs. I think they'll have that. Look, forty five ish wins. Might might get you there as as a lower seed. That's not going to get you a home series. That's not going to get you the the three seed that they had last season. And and I know people might feel like seeds are irrelevant at this point, but a seed is also reflective of how you've played over you know a six month period of time. And if the Warriors can't play consistently enough to get a top four seed or a top five seed in the Western Conference, which which we just talked about has some maybe phonies at the top in Utah or Portland, then I might be a little bit concerned heading into the playoffs, even if they're healthy, because I don't know which team I'm going to get. But it's not just Utah or Portland. It's Utah. It's Portland. Let's just be honest. The Suns don't scare anybody. They're the ultimate front runners. They've been the number one seed two years in a row. They lost to Luka Doncic playing by himself, and the Warriors eliminated them in five games. They handled Luka. You, you got the Nuggets up there. They're scary. You got the Clippers. They're scary, but they're, they're the five and six seed right now. Maybe, just maybe, being an eight seed and facing off against the Utah Jazz would be just what you want if you're the Warriors. And again, I'm not saying they shouldn't try. I'm just saying I am not worried about seeding. It's just a matter of, okay, can you get this stuff figured out? Can you get Either, and not, I'm not saying all three. Can you get either Wiseman, Moody, or Kaminga up to speed so that they contribute to this team in the same way a Ty Jerome or Anthony Lamb does? Because I'm going to just be honest with you, man. I, I love what those guys are doing. I do. I do. And 
they're playing outstanding basketball. But when you're playing a seven-game series against the Memphis Grizzlies with all them boys they got, you need a little bit more athleticism and size and length than what Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb offer. That's a good point and brings us to our next caller. 888-957-9570 is the phone number, also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. Gene from Oakland is up next on 95.7 The Game. He's got some intriguing options for that athleticism and size you mentioned, Shamari. Gene, what do you got? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I, for, to me, the, the answer of why they're not producing is, is pretty simple. They, uh, they, they were too young, too inexperienced, too raw when we got them to expect them to contribute the way we need them to contribute this soon in their careers. They were all two- to three-year projects when we got them. And, uh, and they just don't fit a team that's ready to, you know, compete again for a championship. These kids belong on, uh, on teams that are developing, you know, that they can play every day and allowed to be developed, you know, to develop along with it as the team develops. So we really do need to move them, all right, for their sake and for our sake. And, you know, if, if, if it means just settling for someone like a Boogie Cousins or a Dwight Howard, as a, maybe as a, some of the bridges to the, maybe the, the trade deadline, maybe do, do something a little bit more significant, fine. But uh, they're not helping us now, and I just don't think they're going to help us this year. Appreciate it, Gene. Uh, I do believe Dwight Howard is currently playing in Taiwan. I don't know if they could bring him back or not, but Boogie Cousins is still out there. I, I mean, look, I, I, I get you not being satisfied with, with the young guys right now. My, my biggest question after last night was, was why can't even Moody get in the lineup? Because that seemed to be your plug-and-play guy. Jermichael Green, D&D. Jermichael that Green, was, he's a, a veteran. veteran. And he couldn't get in the game. I don't know if it's because they feel like he's unplayable right now with with the guys that they want out there, but but Steve Kerr's basically playing. I mean, he played in the second half an eight man rotation, and that, that's playoff set. That's exactly the finals, yeah. And it's game twelve. That that's not sustainable. Steve Kerr said that when they played the Kings, right? He said it's not what happened last night. Also, not sustainable, and they got to find some minutes from somebody. And everybody that's oh, let's trade Wiseman and let's trade. Kaminga, you're you're not going to get an all-star for these guys. One, the salaries have to match. They're not making a whole ton of money right now. Like I think Kaminga's making four. I think Wiseman's making just under 10, something like that. So you bring in a veteran who's making 10, four to $10 million a season. Or maybe if you combine their salaries, a $14 million a year player, that's not, necessi- that, that's not somebody that's going to make a huge difference on your team. Or it would be probably an, another young guy that's not making a lot of money. <laughs> exactly, And yeah. then you're probably stuck in a similar situation. Like, everybody thinks this is NBA 2K or something where you can just, oh, well, I'm going to load up some players and then I'm going to get back, you know, LeBron James in return. That's not how it works. Contracts have to match. Other teams have to want the players that you want to trade. So the only way the only way through is forward with these guys. And, and that's why I am so frustrated because – who? Who's who's to blame? I want to know, too. And if, if if those dudes aren't working hard, don't come on this station and go off on ESPN. And, and when Stephen A. Smith says he hears things, don't, don't say Stephen A. Smith doesn't know. If they're not working hard, let us know. Because that that's, that's probably the most plausible thing. Because if they are putting in the work, then the only thing that I can come up with, and I kind of think about Jordan Bell and McCall, and Jacob Evans, 
And the fact that most of their draft picks, albeit they were drafted in the 28th, 29th, 30th, none of their draft picks materialize, not in the All-Stars. They haven't drafted a, a basic, reliable NBA role player outside of Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney. You have two. And in between that, you have like 10, 12 other guys that couldn't even crack a rotation, not just on the Warriors on the championship team. And enough, McCall is out of the league. Damian Jones has been back and forth to the G League. So are you misevaluating guys' ability to learn or are you doing a poor job of coaching them? One of those things has to change. And if you really think that, if you really think that you're going to get something from Moody Kaminga, or or uh, Wiseman. or Wiseman that that's going to help this team. It, it doesn't work that way. No, I'm with you. Well, the, let's let's ask the question to people. We're going to take calls. I see you, Mark. I see you, Brent. I see you, Bob. Hang on through the other side. Where does the blame lie for the lack of the Warriors' development of their youth on this team? As Shamari's saying on previous teams. Where does it lie? We're going to try and figure that out coming up in the next hour, 2 o'clock hour, straight ahead here on 95.7 The Game. You're listening to Evan Giddings and Shamari Block. We'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 